Welcome back to Walking Away from Arcadia. This is our third episode of Hunter's Augment. We are going to join our adventurers in the middle of quite a shocking development in their story. But first, I want to introduce everyone who's taking part in this game. I'm Victor Kinzer. I'm storytelling this crazy romp. We are going to go around the room and meet our crew one more time. Hi, I'm Josh Heath, and I am playing Conrad Brand, a scientist and explorer of space and time. I'm Simon, and I am playing Mark Iowi, a grumpy old bear. Hi, I'm Angel, and I am playing Esty, a grumpy old astrophysicist. <laughs> Not quite as old. Hi, I'm Natali, and I'm playing Neodymium, a not grumpy yet socially adept silicate. Hi, I'm Erica. I'm playing Casey, a nervous bat trapped in a nervous undergraduate's body. When we last left our crew, they were heading back to their UFO, their observatory on top of the major workshop in the engineering department at the University of Washington. And they were intercepted by several apparently students playing a augmented reality game that unfortunately impacted the group rather violently. After the incursion, they discovered that the devices, the phones being carried by these students were embedded with both intense amounts of anthropic radiation, and were capable of manifesting holographic reality, weapons, armor, and potentially more. They thankfully were able to get out of the incursion with perhaps more violence than was ideal and make off with a couple of phones so they could do further investigation. We now find our crew having made their way back to their UFO mostly in silence, still in shock over what has just happened to them, and trying to make sense of what they just experienced and what they need to do next. Although the picture of why people are disappearing is really starting to come into focus. So you have all made it back. Thankfully, you got out of the excursion with only minimal damage. It was a little bit of a holographic damage that you know some of you took but you've gotten back you've rested a little bit you're sort of gathering your senses and your holographic forms have shifted and adjusted resolution and you are now feeling at least physically fine although very unsettled conrad has two of the phones that were embedded with so much anthropic radiation and also apparently zero-point energy. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to create all of those holographic forms. You don't fully understand what's going on, but you know that you need to. What are you going to be doing next, and what conversations are you having with each other? Can someone explain to me how those people hit the roof and then fell down? Can someone just give me a brief explanation of that, please? Science. Fair response. Second, 
what sort of science would do that? Well, Chad, after aligning our sensors with the gravitons that are part of any innate being, we were able to reverse temporarily their personal gravity field in a direction of our choice at whatever velocity we so chose through the excitation of the particular frequency that all gravitons operate on, which everybody knows. It's simple. I'm really surprised that you even need this explanation. You know what? I'm just going to roll with it because <laughs> I think that's the safest choice right now. Yeah, are you, you saying are. that out loud or? Oh, yeah. He's saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what so... are you rolling? <sighs> so... Conrad, you are very aware at this moment that you are dealing with a series of entities who are clearly capable of extraordinary acts and have no consistent understanding of how those acts work. If there was ever a perfect explanation of why deviant is a category, you have just had that illuminated for you in high relief, especially given that you're fairly certain that the individuals who were the victim of that effect and saw take very real damage from it didn't appear to understand what they were doing. This really brings back several of the warnings that you heard from your commander when he set you on this mission. Yeah, Conrad right now is very much trying to avoid using the D word, but is also very, very, like, scared for himself and other people right now and trying not to show it. I'm also trying to avoid him doing an effect to center himself, but he is considering it strongly. So as of the last game, you had two of the phones that had clearly been modified. You hadn't opened either of them up yet, but by going into the software, you were aware that they had hardware that is certainly not standard issue in any cell phone currently sold on the market. You were also in the process of preparing to go to the radio station, the, the student radio station, to get access to some more impressive transmission and scanning equipment than you currently have available in the lab. That meeting is going to happen in about an hour and a half. It'll take you about 20 minutes to get across campus to where the radio station is. So you have roughly an hour to do any other investigation or do any other work that you want to do before that meeting. And there was still plenty of uh, potential investigation to do, Conrad, especially in your case. I know that you wanted to dig into these phones more carefully. Is that anything you would like to pursue at this point? Yeah, I'd like to do an investigation into one of them, and I'm actually going to give Neodymium the other one and say, okay. I think you would be particularly well-suited for trying to figure out whatever you can figure out about this device. I concur. Who would like to begin that exploration first? And is it something that you want to just explore on the phones themselves? Do you want to go into digital subspace? How would you like to approach this? As a player, my instinct would be to let Chad shine for a bit and do his thing. And then we could do Neodymium diving into digital 
subspace on it. I think that would be more interesting to do a contrast between the two. So Conrad, you are aware from your first encounter with these countless that they did have a somewhat negative effect to your procedures, mm -hmm. but you don't know quite what the nature of that reaction is. There is that little tickle in the back of your mind that sometimes is very useful, but sometimes prompts you to imprudence that is whispering that you'll never get a better opportunity to gauge their reaction to your extraordinary procedures than you have right now. Okay. In that case, I'd like to do some form of procedure using matter correspondence and forces and probably dimensional science to determine mm -hmm. how these create holographic reality. What is the mechanic or the technological mechanism for that in particular? Okay. So you've done a pretty decent dive on the software. Do you want to open up this device and attempt to explore the hardware in more detail. Yes, but I don't want to open the device. I want to explore its hardware um, using some form of visualization system to look through the device without actually having to open it, but still get an idea of how everything is laid out. So you want to Jarvis this with Iron Man, like hologram moving it around tech? That's a little bit more advanced than what I'm thinking. I'm thinking just like a sensor that um, okay. visualizes everything inside of it. You're going to get a somewhat more explicit whisper from that voice in the back of your head. The tenor of it changes. You're sort of looking around the workshop, thinking about what you have on you, trying to figure out how to do this. Normally, you'd be in an actual setup amalgam workspace you'd have access to a lot of much more structured and predictable hypertech. But there's this whisper that, you know, you used to be able to do a lot more when you were willing to improvise. Look around the room. They have so many things to work with. You feel the voice just like sort of slide away and you feel it disappear into like a corner of your consciousness and if you were to resist this, I might describe what corner of the consciousness it slides into. Are you going to play along with this whisper? Or is this a moment where you want to resist this whisper? No, the whisper is telling me things I want to hear right now. So I'm going to go along with it. The whisper sort of subsides into a corner of your consciousness and you felt it sort of move around within you before. And suddenly the part of you that is aware that all of this is a little bit different, what you're seeing isn't normal. The question you asked about why are all of you showing your holographic forms, it all disappears. And everything holographic you look at and acknowledge as real as anything that isn't holographic. At this point, if you wanted to improvise using any of the equipment in this very advanced UFO for a technocratic procedure, you could absolutely do that. It sounds like there are probably some really advanced scanners in here. So I'm going to grab one of those and 
gladly use that tool to get a better view of the inside of this material instead of this phone? There are definitely scanning devices here of a variety of different forms, just small handheld scanning devices, vats that you can set something in that the computer is able to get a better read on. The computer, as soon as you start playing around with the equipment, becomes present again. Now, who is this? What are you doing? You're not authorized to use any of this equipment. Is he authorized to use any of this equipment? Yes. Except new user Chad. It's Conrad. Are you sure it's Conrad? I thought it was Commodore. The computer is just going to talk over all of you because it is aware of Neodymium's challenge with names and new identities. Chad Conrad accepted as new authorized user on a probationary basis. Please let me know if you could use any assistance. You see a number of cameras shift throughout the room, and they're all now aimed directly at you. You can tell that the building itself is very interested in what you are about to do. Can you assist me in creating a holographic representation of the internal mechanisms of this device? Yes, of course. Uh, put it in the scanning tray in front of you, and, and I'll render the insides. That's an insignificant challenge. Fantastic. You place it inside the tray, and you see a number of points of light appear across a framework that surrounds the tray and comes up above it. And the light extends down onto the phone that you placed there. And as soon as the light touches the phone, it begins to dissipate. It just disappears. It touches it, and it's like a blackness streaks back through the beam, undoing it, and then you actually see a little bit of cracking and corrosion around the beam emitters when that force gets back all the way onto the emitter, and then it's immediately shut down, and the computer says, what have you brought in here? I'm sorry, I'm I'm not scanning that. That is clearly a level five hostile presence. It must be removed immediately computer is is now quite insistent that it can do nothing with this device whatsoever. Typical. Okay, well, I will take this and maybe go back to my lab with it. Give me a wits plus technology roll or hypertech if you have it. I do not have Difficulty is seven. Okay. Two successes. You remember from the fight that there is something inside these phones that was very damaging to your holographic friends. Without, I'll say, your enlightened touch to protect these devices, you're not surprised that whatever hypertech this is has protection built into it. So it's not going to be a simple matter of asking the computer to do the work for you. It is going to require your direct intervention. Okay. And I'm going to go hands in and try to focus the holographic emitter, refocus it using my tech skills to get a good scan of the inside of this device. Give me another intelligence plus technology roll. This one is difficulty eight. That is a botch. Ooh. 
Is it a single botch? Yes. You can still make the Arate roll. It will be a plus one difficulty. So you begin to work with the device, and you can tell that this is very different from the devices that you have worked with before. The difficulty to do this particular task and safely scan into this phone using your skills is going to be, it'll be difficulty five. That is a failure. You've attempted to scan into the phone and it is now leaking more of this anthropic energy. You immediately recognize it as a defensive measure that as far as you can tell is coming from a low-level spatial formatting field. You certainly don't have a deep understanding of this process. These fields are only built by the highest-ranked members of your convention, but you're familiar enough with the field to recognize it. At this point, you're not really sure with that much energy coming out of this thing that you'll really be able to get a scan without opening it up. But you also think you may have compromised the containment that's keeping all of this energy in. You do notice increased damage right now. It's contained to the scanning bed that this is in. But if it continues, it will probably leak out and do additional damage to other items in the room and perhaps even the crew that you are now trying to assist. I think these devices are very dangerous, particularly to entities with higher connections to holographic reality. I think we should destroy this thing. That's my suggestion. Are we immediately aware of the damage? You will not be immediately aware of the damage, but when he says that, you all look a little bit closer. And you did see, obviously, the damage that was caused when the computer attempted to scan this thing on its own, and it was completely ill-equipped, too. You all feel... The, the jittering, anxious sensation that comes with a flow of anthropic radiation. It hasn't yet hit any of you hard enough that you'll actually directly take anthropic hostility, but it is leaking out of the phone in periodic pulses. You can tell this thing is going to cause some damage. We need to get this thing out of here before you do whatever it is you're planning to do to it. Right now, I'm not planning on doing anything because what I just did was a very bad idea. So, obviously. Fine, I'll go get the Faraday glove since nobody else is going to do it. Neodymium had pulled up a hammer, but slowly sets it down. Yes, I will say that when you pulled up the hammer, a number of alerts appeared on several of the screens. Uh, They were warnings, and in one small sidebar, what was labeled contingency plan, was scrolling by. And while it's scrolling by very quickly, you can occasionally see your name in the contingency plan. You're a little bit confused about where this text came from. You might want to look into that later. Hey, I I was just doing what the, the dialogue wheel said, which was delicately remove hostile entity. Hammers are for delicate work. For everyone else in the crew, you are used to the flickering of lights across Neodymium's left eye. You know that he has a certain automated assistance for knowing how to react in 
local cultural contexts, but he appears to be turning to this uh, assistance for additional advice. And you all get the strong sensation that destroying this phone with a hammer might have some negative consequences. I come back with some oven mitts. Are, are they oven mitts in holographic as well as physical reality? No. In holographic reality, they're essentially zero-point Faraday cages around my hands. <laughs> They're, ho- All right. they're hazardous materials gloves that came from somewhere. They have lightning bolts and force fields. <laughs> so you pick up the phone. You immediately see the edges of these gloves begin to fizzle and melt and derez. It's a slow process. The amount of entropic radiation leaking from the phone isn't acute yet. But you can tell you wouldn't want to hold this thing even with those gloves for that long. Where are you going to take it? I say, okay, ship, open door. The ship opens the front door. Toss. Close the door. So one of your two phones has now tossed out on the roof of the building where your UFO is parked. It's far enough away that it is unlikely to cause any major damage as long as the anthropic radiation levels that it gives off remain where they are now or where you observed them in the actual encounter with the students on your way here. So you do still have one of these phones left that hasn't been compromised, and you do have the upcoming meeting at the radio station. All of that work collectively probably took you about 20 minutes the setup and the getting it in there before things really started to go sideways. So it might be a good idea to either take a safer approach to investigating the device or move on to other work until you know more about what you're facing. Chad, Chad, let a professional do this. Clearly you're inexperienced with this type of technology. I'm very sorry, but your inexperience seems to have compromised the first device, so now we only have one left. I vote, as is our most cautious possible option, we digitally interface with the device so that we can all go into digital subspace and experience this in the extreme safety of local subspace and examine the device in a much more comprehensive manner than you seem to be capable of. Also, you ruined our mitts. Am I understanding you correctly that you would like all of us to enter this digital subspace together? Yes. Do you have a USB? Uh, A USB connector in my body? Where else would they be? So for the rest of the crew, you are used to neodymium forgetting that there are other ways to get into digital subspace. You have equipment built into the UFO to allow any of you to interface with digital subspace. You have a series of pre-configured icons that you can wear. Neodymium has a tendency to just jump in and out himself. But if any of you did want to go into subspace to do further exploration, you could do so. I assume we actually have like a little corner that looks like the Matrix setup minus the giant frickin' needle going into the back of everyone's head because that sounds damaging and painful. 
and low tech. I assume well, headsets how, with like flashing lights. How how would you like this setup to be configured? Assuming that Neodymium remembered from one moment to or another to actually work on this technology so that other people could use it, he'd probably keep it pretty small instead of it being like a headset. It's very much like that that matrix setup where you've got a series of chairs that people like lay back on. But the actual interface itself is probably only like a small device that goes on the side of the head. Mm -hmm. Lots of flashing lights. In physical reality, it's probably a sticker. And it is in a holographic reality. It's like a very sleek, iPhone-y looking, like lays flat, white beeps, does a loading screen whenever people are like entering the matrix. So you have a number of these devices. They can be handed out. I'm going to say for convenience sake, they really don't need to be connected via a wire, although they only work inside the UFO. You can't get adequate signal to connect to digital subspace through this connection if you were to actually leave the UFO. The field necessary to maintain this takes quite a bit of power, but you could all dive into digital subspace together. There's a local digital subspace form that exists within the phone itself, or you could connect it to broader subspace to make use of other resources. How would you like to approach this? And how does the rest of the crew feel about this plan? I want to hear more about the sticker. Are they customizable? So the stickers are mostly Lisa Frank stickers, but your icon, once you log in, is completely customizable. I just wanted it to be a Lisa Frank sticker. Can I call Hollywood Bear? <laughs> I feel like you have Hollywood Bear right here. So how does the crew feel about actually diving into this thing to do further exploration? Mark hates digital subspace. <laughs> so how will uh, Mark respond to his uh, crewmate who is proposing that you all dive into digital subspace? Uh, do we have to? Yes. Probably. So you do know, Neodymium, from the last time that you connected to these, that there was an anthropic hostility effect that did impact you while you were connected. One of the advantages of digital subspace for those who are willing to expose themselves to it is accelerated clock cycles. Everything in the digital happens very, very quickly if you can keep up. You do have icons, which are designed to help facilitate that process. And it might allow you to get the information you need before you took too much damage. But you do know that there is a risk here. We have approximately 40 minutes, which is far more time in digital subspace than we will need to mm -hmm. thoroughly investigate this in a safe manner. It is the only option present to us that falls within the time allotted, unless we wish to examine this later, leaving sensitive devices in our UFO. Is everyone prepared to connect, pick an icon, and dive into this thing? Ready to go. All right. So you all go and pick up one of these devices, Dova Bear, very reluctantly. So for Conrad, when you pick up one of these devices and you put it on, it's going to immediately present a menu with a series of options to you. 
that are related to selecting and or customizing your icon. You don't totally know what it means by that. You've never seen an interface like this before, but it appears to be asking you to create an avatar for yourself just in much more detail than you've ever seen before, including personality profiles and neural interface profiles and emotional dynamics as well as physical dynamics, speed feedback settings. It's asking for a great deal of detail due to your understanding of both neurological science as well as dimensional science. You're able to make decent sense of everything that it's it's asking you, but you are going to have to give me a wits plus enigmas roll. Do you have enigmas? I do have enigmas. Difficulty is going to be seven to prevent yourself from creating just a truly ludicrous icon. Okay. So I so did think about just saying, get... like, generic, 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 generic. He could log in as a guest. Oh, God, no. No one needs a guest. We in your weird Hunter's Augment extraordinary machine. It's just a flat, smiley face floating around, and it's smiling at every moment in a creepy manner, yet you just hear his regular voice and interaction. So you are able to put together a decent icon. For everyone else, except for Dova Bear, you all have pre-made icons of yourself. You've gone into digital subspace before. This is a pretty standard breakthrough that's built into your UFO. For Dova Bear, you have consistently avoided this icon creation process. Neodymium and computer keep telling you that part of the reason that you hate digital subspace so much is you just refuse to create an adequate identity proxy to interface with digital subspace. And if you were to just take the time to put this together, it would be a much better experience for you. But it's just a thousand question questionnaire. It's not difficult. I got but, kicked off OkCupid, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't get kicked off eHarmony. Or match. Oh, that's easy. That's oh. easy getting kicked off eHarmony. <laughs> you are now getting a number of uh, text messages from computer again, reminding you that your experience can be improved dramatically if you just answer the damn questions. So what are you going to do with the icon creation screen? I am going to pick random answers to get through it as fast as possible. I have absolutely no background that would allow me to understand this process. Oh, poor, poor ancestors. So throughout the entire process, there is the option to just select default settings, but you don't actually understand what default means in this case. So you are choosing random choices. You end up I am Rezzing not default. I am exceptional. Yes, you are. So you now have an icon of sorts. And everyone else has their own icons that are optimized to your personality profiles and the way that you engage with digital subspace. You all put on your interfaces to break through into digital subspace. And you connect directly to the phone. You all go through a very brief loading screen, which will manifest in different ways for each of you. 
but generally includes some form of slightly removed dream sequence with images that you've experienced before from other logins. And it's really just reattuning your senses to digital subspace. And then you will all resolve into what seems like a city landscape. There are people coming and going. There are tall buildings all around you. But if you look up on the buildings, there are also machines and animals crawling along the buildings. They're all very similarly square or rectangular with very evenly spaced windows that are blinking in at first random seeming, but also very patterned responses. You can't quite tell what the pattern is, but you can tell that there's a rhythm to the thrum of all of these lights. And when you look around all of the people coming and going and walking through the streets and on the sidewalks, don't quite look like humans. They're all a bit gray and they're all very mechanistic looking. For each of you, describe the icons or how you present when you log into digital subspace. Neodymium looks like the crystalline entity from Next Generation. Esty ends up looking kind of like one of the gray aliens from, you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) You know, they're literally called the grays. Black eyes. Yeah, the grays. (laughs) Casey was delighted that the stickers were Lisa Frank and they have fallen this theme throughout. So they look like some awful, like high school furry Lisa Frank vomit anthropomorphic bat. Oh, oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, my eyes. All right. <laughs> tell me, tell me there is a rotating right. saying behind you saying existence is pain. <laughs> I ride in to crush my enemies. <laughs> if uh, there isn't, there really, really should be. I'm That's sure. That's DLC. If, you if, have to pay for that. <laughs> I'm sure if Neodymion suggested it, Casey would do it, because Casey just thinks this is a riot. (laughs) Conrad, I actually went back and forth on this, but uh, is going to look like a 1930s, 1940s era detective. He is dressed in gray, not black, to be clear, but fedora and suit, all in gray. Now, Dova Bear, the grumpiest and most curmudgeonly and anti-technology countless any of you have ever met, a survivor from an earlier time, a throwback to anthropological wonders that none of you could ever fully understand, is standing there. He looks like he's probably a 75-year-old woman with the build of a 12-year-old girl. He has Liberty Spikes on one half of his head in bright green colors and is dressed in what you could best describe as Spirit Committee camo. He has one very tall combat boot on and 
one stiletto high heel, but for some reason his legs still walk as though they're at the same height. Nothing about this icon matches at all. The largest problem that you see immediately is that Dova Bear's eyes aren't tracking anything properly. He's not really focusing on anything the way he should. And Dova Bear, so your experience is a little bit overwhelming because you didn't properly complete any of the neurological interface profile. All of those questions were inaccurate. So your experience is completely out of sync with the clock cycles of this server. Everything is moving much, much faster than you can actually keep track of. And when people talk, it gives you a splitting headache because the audio translation is really unnerving to listen to. Hopefully I am walking directly into a wall. Dova Bear is a walking Bethesda glitch. Yes. <laughs> I am the magic flying woman. So be- before we before we encounter any of the regular problems, Neodymium knows how to interact with this. He's going to open up a chat window in the back and send a single message, which he knows will not be read, but you didn't answer the questions accurately, did you? I will give Dova Bear, you are able to engage with text communication without any of the misery associated with actually experiencing digital subspace. I type very slowly. This will take a while. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your hunt and peck response? S space hut te duck poo. Well, that's your answer, Neodymium. (laughs) Everyone, Dova Bear appears to have had a stroke. So for everyone in the crew, you remember maybe one other time that you were able to get Dova Bear into digital subspace, and something similar happened. It may not have been quite this bad. I think that time you were able to get him into sort of a pre-made icon, which wasn't great. It still didn't really interface properly. This is This is going to be a challenge, but... You're used to him not actually dealing with this sort of tech all that well, so you sort of know what you're getting into. Neodymium texts a uh, auto-follow command into his his icon. So are you sending Dova Bear an auto-follow command that he can use to follow you, or are you auto-following Dova Bear? I'm sending him an auto-follow command that Dova he can Bear. hopefully use. Dova Bear, will you attempt to use this auto-follow command, and if so, on which member of the crew? I will spend a not insignificant amount of time trying to figure out how to open the command console, and then put in the auto-follow command wrong about six times. 
Uh, at least one of those times, you will begin auto-following one of the car-like devices, <laughs> which you are fairly certain is shuttling commands between the nodes of this uh, realm of digital subspace. Let's see. We got auto-follow wall, auto-follow floor, auto-follow data packet, auto-follow Elvis, auto-follow one of the party? I got Conrad. I rolled a die. (laughs) On the eighth attempt, you do auto-follow Conrad. Conrad, after you watch your companions attempt to wrangle this strange 80-year-old pixie militarist into uh, some semblance of function, she eventually turns around and walks right up to you. She approaches you from around a 45-degree angle and stops with her face roughly five inches from yours. Has your character played MMOs before? I don't think so. You suspect, given what you've just watched, this is a best-case scenario, but... Dova Bear's icon auto-clipping through your icon, even though you can't feel it, makes you very uncomfortable. Can can you, like, take a, a, a half a step back, maybe? Chad, you Chad tried? He, can't, he can't hear you, Chad. Chad, don't. Nope. Chad, no. Just don't. You're hurting him. You're hurting me by hurting him. I'm sorry? <laughs> um, the best we're going to get out of this scenario is this. So you, at one point, will sort of involuntarily step away, and Dova Bear's icon moves exactly as close to you as it was before. You can immediately recognize that the icon is not currently moving under direct command. It's under some form of autonomous function. This is going to be exciting. It is. It already (laughs) is. Eventually... At some horrible moment in the future, I'm going to get that message, and I'm going to step half a foot through the floor. You are a Bethesda glitch. (laughs) Blessed be Mother Bethesda. (laughs) At least I'm not farting fire and flying backwards this time. Hey, at least your facial animations aren't inverting outward into some Cthuloid monster and then going back. I do want to have a pudding face, though. I want it to be completely bland to the point of being uncanny and upsetting. So you're Bioware animation now? Bioware, like, unpatched Bethesda right at launch, somewhere around there. Day one facial animation. Yes, indeed. So as you're commiserating about the fabled Telus glitch... It dawns on all of you that you are on a schedule as much as everything is accelerated here, and you have made it successfully into the bubble of digital subspace created by this device. How do you want to go about exploring the space around you? There are what look like small autonomous holographic creatures climbing all over this complex network of buildings. There are vehicles going to and fro, and there are people, although none of them seem particularly aware of you. Esty um, assumes Neo has a plan. <laughs> you assume wrong, but nothing on the outside <laughs> would tell you that because he's just a giant fucking crystal right now. Neodymium, 
in a display of sheer brilliance, will attempt to interact first with one of the people, because this already seems like it's going to go well. So you walk up to one of the people, and how are you going to get their attention? Because this is digital subspace, which is his bread and butter and requires no social interfacing whatsoever, he's going to start pinging them with root code inquiries to determine their purpose. It's like define function, define parameters, define timestamps. It's literally just series of inquiries as fast as is normally acceptable without coming across as a DDoS attack. Give me an intelligence plus computer role. The difficulty is going to be six. This is pretty straightforward. Five successes. Okay. Five successes is plenty. You are able to interface and stay just shy of the DDoS effect. For a number of your inquiries, the icon that you are interacting with that has a very flat affect will come back and say, please give your citizen identification number and then you just keep going because you're hitting it with inquiries. The first several you sort of deliver so quickly you can't quite make out what it's saying, but after a while you do pick up on that. You will get several inquiries in there that are apparently a low enough security request that you don't have to provide a citizen identification number. Can I do a crafts plus intelligence to spoof a citizen ID? Yes. Give me a little bit on how you're going to do that, how you would know what the right format is and get something that you think that it would accept. In the real world, there's not a way to judge the inside of a lock from the exterior, Mm -hmm. but in digital subspace, you can view things from their interior and exterior at the same time. So in essence, Mm -hmm. you're looking Mm -hmm. at the key at the same time you don't have it. It's like a missing piece, like a puzzle. He would at least get a sense of the number of characters. Uh, So to get a sense of that, give me... An intelligence plus enigmas role. It's just going to be intelligence for my character. Okay. Uh, He's got investigation of two. He just doesn't have enigmas. Yeah, investigation isn't quite right for this. This isn't a data structure you are familiar with or would fall into your, your experience with computers. But if you understood enigmas, you'd have the ability to decipher it. I'll still let you make the intelligence role, though. Two? Two successes. You're able to see the number of characters for the citizen ID. The thing you realize immediately, though, is it is encrypted in a quantum matrix. This is not based on anything binary. So this is directly derived from higher subspace harmonics. Conrad, you heard several of these requests, and you immediately recognize that a citizen ID is an identifier that comes from iteration systems. So almost all union systems that have direct interface options require a citizen ID, but a public-facing system would never ask for that. Only the most talented, extraordinary citizens 
are assigned them and any fully enlightened agent within the union has one as well. You know that you have one, but you're not certain you would want to interface here. So neodymium, in terms of the information that you were able to extract, you're pretty sure you could derive a key in the format it is expecting, but it would be randomly generated based on actual subspace harmonics. There is basically a dynamic living subspace derivation that's part of the encryption. And while it would be in the right format, you don't know if it would be a valid value. I'm going to make an argument for naming one. I think that is an excellent argument. How would you like to use naming one to get the appropriate information to derive this key? Mechanically, it's just naming one. And then I think I think this would fall under fermionics. But essentially, what I'm doing is naming one, which is read between the lines to determine an appropriate key by doing what I'm already doing, but with a bunk, which in this case, I think would actually be switching from uh, low-level inquiries to willingly repeated failure inquiries using what he can determine as the necessary type of key. He's using his understanding of subspace harmonics and Mm -hmm. digital subspace manipulation to spoof a sort of skeleton key, which just, as it approaches a code lock, goes through all the variables until it hits a success and then continues further into the object until it reads as a completely valid key. Yes. So I actually think because this is deriving its key directly from the field harmonics in subspace, this would be a fields combination. Do you have fields? Oh, I have fuck tons of fields. How much fields do you have? Four. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I was debating whether this would be two or three, but four is definitely going to cover it. So what he's going to do is there's the digital entity in front of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. What he's going to start doing is grabbing bits of code from all the things around him by basically doing minor low-level hacks on things like the environment to get the ambient field information so that he can derive all the surrounding information to create the specific key that he knows would exist within this particular entity. What he's basically doing is taking the background and going, well, if it exists in this background, it has to be this. And he's taking it from the ground. He's taking it from the air as it exists in this digital subspace. Mm -hmm. So he's making a lot of enemies, if any of these things are um, aware of what he's doing. But he doesn't care. He's only worried about spoofing this key. I really like this formula. So I'm going to give this to you as a third level formula. What is your affinity theory? Ah, fermionics would be the affinity theory. So not this one. Then your your difficulty is still only going to be five. So a role of naming plus fields. So that's five successes. 
Oh, Lord, yes. You are able to dig in and basically find a series of values that the system is expecting based on the resonance and get the derivation of those names from the space surrounding it and the harmonics inter interfacing with it. You enter it and it says, welcome back, Jim. I am glad that you have access to the system and are engaging again. We have missed your presence within the system. How may I be of assistance? And um, it is now in a an entirely receptive state. All of its defenses are down. So he's going to start with some of the inquiries that were getting bounced back before. So mm -hmm. like root code access, I'm assuming. With five successes, the thing you realize immediately is you have lucked into basically finding someone that had full root administrative access. Mentally, he has eidetic memory. What he would view that as is he's copying all the code into his head. I mean, you can do that, but what specifically are you looking for? What do you want to accomplish? So who set up this system to, to the extent that any system actually understands what it's doing? What is the directive driving this system? You will get an overall map that will render in front of you and everyone can see and interface with this map. And it is a system map, so it shows you where all of the major command structures in the system are located and how to get to them. And it brings up a profile on the development log for the system. This subroutine is going to reach out and directly interface with that and pull out the development backlog, as well as links back to all of the documentation on the user stories that were used to construct it. Does it have user profiles that might have personal information on them? Oh, yeah. With the five successes on naming, you have full interface here. You have access to basically everything. The thing you quickly realize is the information it's bringing back don't make any sense in a phone. They would overwhelm an actual phone almost immediately. This is AI. It's very, very low-grade AI, but it's dynamically going out and seeking information for you. So what he's going to request of the system that he has mm -hmm. administrative access for, he's going to remember this user information, but what he's going to mm -hmm. ask for is a zipped backup of all the files that he interacts with for security purposes. Sure, It'll, it will happily provide that. I do want to jump out and see what everyone else is doing with what they're seeing displayed because you all have full access to this information. You can see in the map of the cities that you're in, it's a representation of the system. A lot of it from the labels you can tell immediately are standard phone systems, but there are two sectors that are very clearly different. They are something else entirely. One of them you are all very uncomfortable looking at, and you strongly suspect from the consistency of how it's responding, it moves or acts on the map. Everything around it shifts to move in sync with its actions. You're fairly certain that's the source of the anthropic radiation store within the device. The other 
area that seems very different. It seems a very wild and uh, sort of erratic when you first look at it. Just to double check, does anyone have particular experience with zero-point energy refinement? Yes, I actually do have experience <laughs> with Zen refining. As That's do fantastic. I. <laughs> and now I'm just imagining Dova Bear with like a pickaxe and like going to the Zed refinement mine. Oh no, I have um, the bees do that for me. SD uh, also has an experience with it too. So. And I'm lagging like crazy because I did a stupid icon, so I bet SD can handle this better than me. Yeah, so Esty, if you could give me a wits plus science role, I'm going to let you use that optical physics, because a lot okay. of that refinement is done through optics. So your difficulty is going to be seven, and tens count as two successes because of the optical physics. Okay, in that case, I've got six successes. Yeah, you immediately recognize the cadence of the energy coming out of that thing. It is flooding this system with zero-point energy, and it appears to be refining it in real time. Oh. And right now, it's not interfaced with anyone, so it's not operating at anywhere near full efficiency, but this system appears to have a very small zero-point energy refinement unit inside it. Interesting. So in terms of, you know, systems... This thing could probably generate a point of refined usable ZPE, usable as in by account list, maybe every week. It's not going to refine enormous quantities, not enough to do any sort of non-holographic effects. But even that amount of ZPE will fuel a lot of just holographic projection, which seems to be primarily what it's designed for. All right, so I can certainly share that with the group. So this thing's sort of generating its own holographic energy. Like, and it you, makes its own thing. You can see where these items are located on the map. So right now, you have enough that, that with your experience, you can identify it. You would basically describe it as it has a Zed refiner unit Okay. installed in the phone which, which is, is weird and quite an accomplishment that is some impressive miniaturization casey who primarily is concerned with like biological like you know mm -hmm. science and stuff is interested but doesn't quite understand or have a, a lot of knowledge in this area so they say like genuinely it can do that apparently i'm pretty impressed Conrad, as you are listening to them discuss this, because you're not used to the terminology, it's going to take you a little while to catch up. But if you could give me a wits plus cosmology role. Difficulty seven. That's three successes. Three successes. You realize after listening to them and looking at the same output they're seeing, that what's actually happening here is that unit is maintaining a small subspace hole. There's literally, this phone has a walking subspace hole in it, and someone has installed a resonance scrubber on the 
primal energy that is leaking through that. And it's then being collected and redistributed for the effects of this particular device. That's a very unstable way to keep an extraordinary device working. It's not sustainable at all. Normally, devices would be fed with already purified primal energy. This is statistical inevitability waiting to happen. So some sort of potential explosive is what I'm hearing as well. Given the fact that this unstable source of primal energy is being used to fuel an anthropic formatter, that would probably be a best case outcome. This is a very, very dangerous piece of equipment we've stumbled upon, folks. Dova Bear makes a modem noise. Dova Bear, at this point, after what is probably 10, 15 minutes of investigation in subspace time, so a minute or so out in the meat world, you've finally caught up and realized what everyone is talking about. And it strikes you as incredibly dangerous, which is when you try to jump in and express your concern in at least 2,800 baud. That is his distressed <laughs> noise. I I really, really want an animated GIF of your icon opening its mouth and an actual modem noise coming out now. I, I, I don't, yeah, that, that needs to happen. Well, um, first of all, we need art of what you <laughs> fucking described as this icon <laughs> I mean, and it's it needs to be the cover now. art it needs to be the cover art <laughs> all of a, all of the rest of this no no dova bear is the avatar of everything right with this campaign in this moment <laughs> mc escher painting as a picture <laughs> yes look into the cover um, experience madness and move on side um, note sd really wants to figure out how to harness this thing because oh, it's a oh, tiny SD. little tiny little tool that looks really cool <laughs> you are talking my language so you have a map and could go directly to the locations in subspace that correspond to these chips and probably get a lot more information about them. To circle back to Neodymium, though, because you did ask why was the system created and you were given access to user testing, user stories. You collected all of this information. The did one I get access to Jira's? Look, I wasn't going to use a brand name, but I may possibly be projecting my lived work experience right here. Leave me alone. So, yes, you probably have access to Jira's. But the one thing that you universally see in all of this documentation is that this is designed as a covert information gathering system. And there's a secondary set of features that are all listed as unstable pre-release features that all have military code names. Weaponized Pokemon Go. Oh, you yes. thought it wasn't weaponized? <laughs> we all Wayfair realized. worked great. I mean, unstable beta features. I'm sure they will use the data from those failure tests. Don't worry. Some of the phones got away. They'll get their data. So Welcome to Westworld, folks. <laughs> the park doesn't matter. It's all in the IP. Yeah, I mean, that is the truth. So you have that information. You now know that this whole thing uh, seems to exist for a reconnaissance purpose. 
and information gathering, but there are secondary military goals that maybe aren't fully or safely developed. And you have a map within subspace of where to go to get to the heavily modified subroutines in the system. Both of those locations, though, for very different reasons, strike you as dangerous locations to visit. Um, But that's probably where the information is. He's going to collate and tag all the military code phrases and Mm -hmm. mark them on the map. And he's going to tag them as future, as in not right now. Okay. Because we only just got this information. So we at least have the information on the development of this and that it appears to be for information gathering, but we know it's directly led to the disappearance of several people. Does any of their information show up? Given the level of access you have, if you look for information Because I have their phone numbers. Yeah, if you feed in direct data like that, then you will get information on them. They are cataloged as early experimental military targets, and they are all categorized as success cases. You're able to get back enough profile information on them to tell that they were all engaged, similar to the way you were engaged, by users of this program. And I will say at this point, you are accessing data from outside the phone. This subroutine has created a network connection to an outside system, and you can see that sort of manifest above them as a large terminal and the data that they are pulling down. Once I notice that it's network, I'm going to create a spoof profile on top of mine so that if someone backtracks me, they get a completely non-existent entity that just so happens to be puppeted by someone else, which is me. All right. Give me a computer plus intelligence check. Uh, Difficulty is going to be nine because you've accessed a high profile account. Two. Two successes is enough that you are able to hold off detection. You are also now aware that you are being traced. As far as you can tell, it's not that anyone is tipped off. You've basically accessed with a high enough profile account that the account is always traced, even when it's being used legitimately. He's going to get, he's going to fast track whatever information he can get. And then he's going to log out of the interface. And basically he's going to say, guys, we have these, this information. But the moment I went to a certain tier of access, I was being monitored. You actually realized that once you got into it, the monitoring began as soon as you used that citizen ID. The disadvantage of succeeding as well as you did is that ID raised some eyebrows, some automated eyebrows, but still. You were able to, as far as you can tell, disconnect before any sort of trace identified unusual activity or got back to you. So you think well, those, you those always take time. those always take two minutes in real time, just like in the movies, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah, that, that that that's about right. So the information that you were able to pick up is that all the known targets that disappeared are cataloged as successful test military targets. You don't have like an exact video playback, but you have some basic tactical information on the engagements. 
it seems to again be these users that don't realize exactly what they're engaging with. In those cases, they were caught on their own. So it was two or three of these game players, but they encountered each of these targets isolated. And so it was much easier for them to basically chimerically kill them or holographically push them into hibernation. In your case, you find a little bit of data on your encounter, but it isn't fully logged yet. And you know that you are listed as a military failure. There are a couple other military failures. Basically, from what you've been able to tell, most of the failures sort of fall apart very quickly. And there are some notes about cleanup actions that are necessary. But whenever they engage more than one or two countless or changelings, it tends to go poorly. But this is still a pretty dangerous program, all considering, especially because this is a very early release of it. It can only be further refined from here. He's going to pass along any of this to the rest of the group out of character. Like, the fact that this is mostly a monitoring program is sort of concerning because the fact that right now it's not a coordinated military action against Countless, what what does anyone else feel like we should do at this moment? Because we've only gotten a few minutes into real-time difference. Mm -hmm. Casey, as you are hearing them talk about this program and the monitoring, you, you know, again, we'll see all the data that gets pulled up. The thing you recognize is the system and the way that it collects data is largely based off echolocation. You recognize the way that it is sending out signals, the way that it's building movement and profiles, even just for the movement of holographic creatures within the city, is based largely on tracking mechanisms that you utilize as a bat and that you remember other bat species using. And you're pretty sure, based on that, that you could put some work in and guess where gamers will be sent next. It would, do, it would take some work, but you're pretty sure that you could map that out. So Casey is kind of doing their standard, like, this is interesting, but I don't entirely understand it thing. We're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, sure, okay, whatever. And they seem a little nervous and stuff. And then it clicks suddenly, and they get just very excited and just start flapping their arms in uh, vestigial excitement. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's, oh, I can, oh, oh. Oh, guys, guys, I'm useful. Okay, wait. <laughs> Listen here. I know this is crazy, but I think it's like a location. Yeah, it totally is. Look at that. And they point and they like look first to Dova Bear as an ancestor who also has some animalistic tendencies, even though bears don't use echolocation. They're hoping for some form of understanding. <laughs> Hey, like, guys, this can refine <laughs> zero-point energy. You're so glad that Dova Bear has caught up with that topic. In five more minutes, he will respond to the echolocation comment. Some of his best friends are bats, and he'll be very excited about that. Yeah, Casey would like to help. What would I roll? The perception, 
if I'm actually mm -hmm. using echolocation, and then what should I combine it with? If you were to use perception and then actually go ahead and roll science, because while this is an innate understanding, you also have a pretty robust scientific understanding of how it works. Um, fair. So, yeah, so go ahead and roll perception plus science, sort of make full sense of the patterns that you see. Because this is really a specialty of yours, I'm going to say the difficulty is five. Cool. I have all successes. All successes. All right, then. I'm very um, excited. <laughs> you are very excited. So the thing that you realize looking at this profile data that has been retrieved is the map that's being built is really leaning towards two future targets. You're pretty sure all of the attacks up to this point, including the one on you, we're just sort of evaluating the potential, but really the system seems to be building towards a major target in uh, downtown. It's not an area that you're aware of any particular changelings or countless really congregating in. And then one other location that a lot of data has been collected on near sort of the far outskirts of Seattle. So as far inland as you can really get mm -hmm. and a little bit even out of the city. From the data that was pulled back, there haven't been any military engagements there, but there's an enormous amount of information being collected. And those two locations don't really correspond with any changeling activity that you're aware of. But that's definitely what all of this is building towards. Would I happen to know enough landmarks and stuff so I can describe the area they're both in to the others to see if they're like, oh, I know so-and-so is over there. Yes. So the downtown location is very close to the open market that is in downtown Seattle. It's, it's one of the most populous parts of Seattle. Yeah. And it seems to be centered around the area between that market and the Museum of Modern Art. Gotcha. Um, possibly even centered on the Museum of Modern Art. You can't totally tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely in that area. The location that's out of town really doesn't have any landmarks that you're aware of. If anything, it's in an area that's really pretty underdeveloped. I mean, not that anything around Seattle is all that underdeveloped, but underdeveloped for the area. Eventually, when I catch up to that, um, I have a background rank in Symbiosis Collective Officer. So if we have any secret but not very secret files on what those might be, I might know them. Yeah. Can you give me a willpower roll difficulty eight? Two successes. While you're sort of wading through the realization that, oh my God, this thing has a zero point energy refinement <laughs> unit in it and fully processing that, you catch fragments of a more recent conversation. You're just really slow to put it together and you really feel like it's important. So you just power through and force yourself to focus on all this information. It gives you a splitting headache, but you're briefly able to have a conversation in this moment, despite everything being out of sync and sort of share that information you have from the Symbiosis Commission. So what I'm looking for is if we have any 
secret labs or something, or if we know anything that's like not us, but something we have an interest in, so we keep tabs on it. Are there any things in those two places that fall into any of those categories is what I'm looking for. Okay. And what is, let me take a quick look. What is your background with the Symbiosis Commission? Is that contacts or? Uh, It's rank. It's direct membership. Okay. So you have direct membership. Give me a wits plus remembrance roll. Difficulty five. This isn't. This information isn't that long ago, but you've probably hibernated at least once since you were aware of it. Two successes. Yeah, so that specific area where all of the sensor readings seem to focus on on the outskirts of town, that's an area that the Symbiosis Collective looked at colonizing a decade or two ago, especially for ancestors. And it was uh, very rapidly discarded because of the violent, shape-changing wolf creatures that uh, took up residence out there. And uh, quite a few individuals lost their safe, needy homes and had to be re-implanted as a result of that attempted colonization. I point at multiple places on the map as I continue to glitch, and I say, (laughs) that one is... Very dangerous. You've gotten quite a bit of information out of what you pulled out of the subroutines. Do you want to explore further? Once it was clear that Dova Bear had some really important information, you all turned and sort of directed your focus on him. But because he's out of clock cycle sync, you've probably used up now close to 10 or 12 minutes of me time working through all of these actions. Neodymium is going to ping everyone for logging out so that we can confab in meat space because okay. Dova Bear appears to be inefficient here. If everyone is in agreement, you're able to log out very easily. Does anyone make a case to stay in digital subspace and do anything else before you log out? Not at the moment, but Esty wants to make plans to come back. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I charted the map. We have so much to explore. (laughs) All right. As soon as Um, logging out is mentioned, I'm already logged out. (laughs) I'm sure you are. No, no, we booted you. (laughs) So you all log back out, and you come to inside the UFO. You take your interface devices off. And you're all together again and can talk normally without those icons interfering with all of Dova Bear's activities and feedback. Neodymium looks at Dova Bear and looks down at the dialogue wheel and sees in brackets, calmly reassure regarding questionnaire, selects this option, and immediately starts yelling, What? The fuck did you answer on my carefully tailored questionnaire for your icon to appear as such? Very good job. That was really loud. I'm going to need you to take it back about 15 notches on that. Oh, yes. Dova Bear most definitely has a hangover and will probably for the next hour. I have net lag. 
you have net lag. You are going to be coming up on when you need to start heading out to go to the radio station fairly soon. Dova Bear, is there additional detail you want to share about the knowledge you have from the Symbiosis Commission and those locations that Casey identified? None of you can tell anyone that you know this, but... Who else do I know? The Admiral, specifically. But the location that was on the outskirts of town, we're not sure exactly what that is. We just know that there are a lot of really, really unstable, maybe ancestors there? that don't really like visitors, and they're less restrained than I am. Does anyone have any further questions for Dova Bear about his concerns about that location? Define a- less restrained. What was your question, though? Because my, mine is just mostly going to be like, what, what, what? Because he doesn't understand what werewolves are. Casey like emphatically does not want to understand because it sounds awful. (laughs) Well, and one thing that, that I do have to say about the detail about the wolf shape changers, that is something Dova bear realized. That is not something Dova bear has necessarily communicated in terms that make it apparent to the rest of you. Oh yeah. No, uh, neodymium's just like more unstable than you. You're, you're way, a mess. Yeah, the way that Casey sees it, Casey is Casey feels small all the time. And if the big scary thinks that it's dangerous and scary, the small is very scared. So the small is going to take a long pause and be like, so we're not going there. What about the other place? I haven't read anything that I can say, but... To answer your question, I point at Neodymium. I didn't use my claws on the humans in the hallway. Point made. I think in this moment, when everyone realizes now the severity of what's going on, we are going to pause the adventures of Hunter's Augment and let the crew take some time to contemplate their next action. In our next adventure, we will be going and seeing just what can be done with the equipment at the radio station. I'd like to thank everyone for playing in the game and everyone for listening. And we look forward to having you join us again on the extension of our adventure on Hunter's Augment. This is Davide. This is Conrad. Conrad? Brand. Conrad Brand. Yeah, you just started your mission, and you're calling me on a secure channel? I take it things have not gone well? Things have gotten interesting very quickly. 
to say the least. Do you need extraction? Do you need backup? What's happening? No, I don't think I need either of those things so much as I felt it appropriate to send up some information and potentially just to let you know to keep an eye out for me. I'm recording. What information do you have? There's some schisms within the holographic community, as well as some danger to them and potentially to other beings as well. Just in general, I think there's some dangers going on here that these individuals are aware of. Dangers to the citizenry? What kind of dangers? We've only tracked disappearances of deviant targets. Are these threats from the deviant community? I believe these threats might be internal to the union because the disappearances... Wait, wait. Give me, give me just a moment. Our channel is now more secure than it was. You understand. I know what you take into the field, and for most of your work, it's adequate. But if we're going to have this discussion, I would rather be more cautious than normal. Go I understand. On. I understand. Let me uh, attempt to explain things linearly, because I've experienced things in ways that are confusing to me. And these entities, these holographic entities, have the ability to interact with both physical reality and their holographic manifestations. We're aware of this. All right. What is concerning is that there are devices in sleeper hands that have access to the creation and mapping of reality that ties into the holographic reality that these beings exists within what and these these aren't devices that they created we know they have a very strange technological capability themselves you are certain these devices are not holographic in origin i'm about 99 percent sure that they are not holographic in origin given the conversation we're having that last percent is substantial what makes you as certain as you are? We attempted to decipher some of the internal workings of one of these devices. And the password coding on the deepest level of access was union technology and required a citizen ID to access a high level. What? I assume you were not able to access this system. We got a lot deeper into the system than you would expect. With what citizen ID? Let's just say it's very high level. I don't I'm feel going... comfortable revealing that even on a secure channel. Then I'm going to ask you a more direct question. We can get into the specifics later. And keep in mind that while I have a great deal of respect for your work, I cannot guarantee that no one else above me will see this recording, so consider your answer very carefully. I would not want any notes of unmutualism documented on anyone's file. Did you provide or extract this ID from our system? I did not. 
There is only one other assumed way that they could have gotten such an ID. We will leave that unsaid for the moment and investigate it later. And these devices were in the hands of citizens. Plain, unenlightened, non-extraordinary citizens. Correct. Was there any other identifying information on the device? A name, a serial code, anything? I have some of that information, yes. These devices were created in collaboration with a civilian organization. What is the name of that civilian organization? I believe it's Avalon Computing. Avalon. I'll do some investigation on that, and I will get back to you later. I I have a suspicion about this, and if my suspicion is correct, then you need to be very careful. Whatever you've experienced from these holographic xenoforms is the least of the threat that you have the potential of facing. Thank you for bringing this information to my attention, Agent. I will investigate, and I will send you all pertinent information that comes from that investigation as quickly as I can. Thank you. And I will continue my mission. But I do ask for regular check-ins on your end, and if I go missing for longer than six hours, I would like to assume the worst. That seems like a prudent protocol. Do you have a tracking device on you and active at this time? I can get one easily. I will keep an eye on that device. I will make sure that it is currently synced with your bio patterns, and I will expect check-ins every six hours. I look forward to hearing from you soon, Agent. Be safe. I will be. Good evening, fellow former Arcadians. This is Simon from Walking Away from Arcadia. If you like podcasts, and specifically podcasts about White Wolf role-playing games, I would like to recommend giving a listen to Werewolf the Podcast from Josh Heath. You can find the link in the description for this episode, or you can get it from anywhere you find your podcasts. I recommend getting it from that coyote who rides the light rail. <laughs>